Welcome to the Sports GPS, where all roads lead to sports, with your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS episode four today for season two. Parker, what are we getting into, my man? Well, since we have been absent. Yeah, sorry. My bad. I took it a little trip. You're good. Uh, we're, t- we're finishing up NBA Finals, talking through through that. Yeah. We're talking about how bad we were. And then we have to talk about the NBA draft, which happens tomorrow. Correct. And NHL expansion draft. Yeah, so that happened a little bit, and it's it's always cool. I love expansion drafts. We're also going to talk a little bit about what would happen if the Major League Baseball expanded to 32 teams, just like the NHL and the NFL already have. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back. We are finally getting to wrap up the NBA Finals. Parker, hit us with how wrong we were. Well, I was right on the one game, but I was totally wrong. On yeah, the rest. we both had Bucks in Game Four, and yeah. we were right. Yeah, we were definitely right. But it was a very good game. Too. But you had Suns in six. Mm-hmm. I had Suns in seven. It was Bucks and Six. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ike. He called it. He did call it. So I'm going to give him all the credit. Yeah, I even texted him after game six, and I was like, so you were right and I was wrong. Right. But usually that's what happens. We call something, and the complete opposite happens on this pod. So for all you betters out there, just remember, if Parker or I say that something's done, like, ah, there's no yeah. way, it's got to be a done deal. Just bet the opposite, and you'll probably be right. Yeah, how about them Saints? Yeah, <laughs> yeah bet the mortgage. <laughs> yeah. All right, so game four, What? talk to me. What happened? So Bucks defeated the Suns in game four, 109-103. to 103. Chris Middleton led the way with 40 points. Giannis did his thing with 26 points, 14 boards, and 8 assists. Drew Holiday did struggle. He had 13 points, was 420 from the field, but Pat Connaughton was huge off the bench. Look, Devin Booker showed up. He had 42 points. But the problem, this is really why Phoenix did not win the series. Chris Paul. Yep. He struggled. He only had 10 points in that game, 7 assists, and he had 5 turnovers. Yeah, he went to the free throw line like 4 times and missed all of them. Yeah. You can't, no. And that's not Chris Paul. No. To be clear. So, yeah, it's it's not the good thing. I mean, the Suns shot the ball better from the field but they turned it over way too much 17 to 5 yeah it's a problem and then yeah i mean milwaukee did get to the free throw line way more often mm-hmm. so that's a problem all right game five the one that we both got wrong yep uh bucks came away with a win 123 119 best game of the series by the way oh yeah it was a great game it was great i i didn't even care that the Bucks won because I was just like, this is a great game. It was the greatest game in the series. Yeah, no doubt. So Giannis, shocker, had another great game, 32 points. Chris Milton added 29. And Drew Holiday, who was a big factor in the series, actually, mm-hmm. he bounced back, had 27 points, 13 assists. Pat Conton, sneaky player off the bench for them, good rebounding guard, can shoot it from three. Mm-hmm. I mean, Devin Booker pulled his way. He had 40 points, but... Chris Paul, uh, Chris Paul bounced back. He had twenty one points, and, and DeAndre Ayton had twenty and ten. But you know, yeah, this game was just tight, and it yeah. was just it was very back and forth. It, yeah, very much back and forth. I mean, really, it's Halliday with the the play down the stretch, stealing the ball from Booker, and then the oop to Giannis. I kind of sealed the victory. Bucks were down sixteen at one point, uh, but really didn't miss a shot in the last 
quarter and a half. Uh, the last, like, I want to say 19 minutes of the game, they really didn't miss that many shots. Many open shots. I mean, yeah, they took some contested, and of course, you're not going to hit everything. But right. all the shots they were supposed to hit, they hit. Yeah. And all the big shots that they needed to hit, they hit. So, yeah, it was definitely Bucks the last 19 minutes of the game. The fourth quarter and seven minutes left in the third quarter on. Would you say the biggest play, like the defining play of the series was the Giannis block earlier in the series? Or was it the holiday steal to the Giannis oop here in game five? I think that sealed it for me, right? Because the Giannis block just, you know, was the turning point that I thought was going to happen in the series anyway. Because that happened in game three. Right. Um, so that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought the Bucks would have that defining moment, win games two, win game, or sorry, win game three, win game four, those two games. And so that didn't shock me. This shocked me because again, they're only, they're only up two. Right. The Suns score there. We got a tie ball game. We, we got a whole different dynamic for the last end of that. And that's game five. Like that was, that was the crucial game for me. Even I just thought the Suns were going to win it at home and then, or sorry. Yeah. 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 Went in at home, yeah, and then it was just going to be a change. It was going to be a, you know, a, a different feeling in Game Six. But because of this play, it changed the dynamic of what Game Five was. Because obviously it sealed the victory, right? But it also allowed the Bucks to win it at home in Game Six. Yeah, and their fans were on the verge of, you know, seeing a championship that they hadn't seen since. 70, right? I think 1970 was the last time they won a... Usually like 70... 70, 71, something, something like that. Something like that. I know the Cowboys won the World Series... Or, sorry, <laughs> the Super Bowl the next year. Yeah. Which won't happen this year. No, it will not. So, it's fine. <laughs> Somebody was trying to draw comparisons because the last time the Suns were in the finals was 93, and then the Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 94. And then the last time the Bucks. One, yeah, you know, was the seventies, and you know, obviously, yeah, I don't think there's, the a, I don't think well, there's a correlation. Yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, <laughs> there's no Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach coming off. Yeah, <laughs> coming, honestly, if I going under center for the Cowboys this year, yeah, I think the the Milwaukee Brewers have a better chance of winning the World Series than the Cowboys do the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, yeah, just well, thinking of you we're, know, the Wisconsin we're not, area. We're not giving, we're not giving the Brewers enough love. We're gonna talk about that. In episode five, because we're going full yeah. major league update because of draft, the trade deadline and things coming up there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> in in any way, shape, or form, you're correct there. Yeah. So let's go into game six. I I do believe it's the defining play in game five. Is my my answer. Sorry, long winded answer. Understood. Uh, and then in game six, Bucks close it out, defeat the Suns one five ninety eight. Giannis didn't just have like a good game. He had a historic. Yeah, he dropped fifty minis on him. He had a fifty burger in Game Six of the NBA Finals. Just dropping fifty minis on him. Yeah, because then he goes and gets fifty Chick Fil A minis. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to like the Bucks fans that not only did they have like as full as it could be in the stadium, but they had like sixty five thousand five like sixty five thousand fans in the streets outside. Oh yeah, it was it, it was, was awesome. A, it was a madhouse in Milwaukee. Yeah. Here's the thing, like I will drop this. I, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it was unreal. Bedlam. Yeah, that is definitely a good word for it, bedlam. But what Milwaukee put out, that was close. 
Yeah, it was awesome. That, that's pride right there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you mad respect, Milwaukee, <laughs> because you, you put up... You put up a heck of a show there, guys, yeah. trying to trying to keep up with Philly on s- celebrating a sports yeah. championship. And yeah, not only was Giannis efficient from the field, but he went 17 of 19 from the free throw line, which is, I mean, that's kind of his Achilles heel. Right. Is, it has been. His free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. But he showed up that game. And I want to give a shout out to Bobby Portis. He had, he had a great series. And he was mm-hmm. huge off the bench, 16 yep. points. I love how every time he gets the ball, especially in Milwaukee, you just have fans saying, Bobby. Bob. Yeah. It, it was great. Chris Paul, he actually played well. Booker did not. Right. But the problem with, like, they only had two guys that they even showed up. Like, they, they didn't have that third guy for Phoenix to kind of pick up the load. DeAndre didn't really do much the whole series. Cam Johnson has moments off the bench. But they needed more, and it just it wasn't enough. Yeah, the the Suns really kind of lost it. I, I, I hate to say it, but I really feel like age got to Chris Paul. Yeah. Because, you know, this is the first time he's ever made an NBA final. So that's the long tear. season. Yeah. You know, the first time he's ever had to do this at, at this length. And it felt like he kinda got to him. I just you know, watch game one and game two, he was good. Mm-hmm. You know, game three, meh. Yeah. Game four, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> game five, all right, yeah, all right, he's got it back, and then game six, yeah, yeah. kind of. You know, yeah. yeah, he was he was the Chris Ball of there, but the problem was the damage had already been done, right? Because in in game four, if he steps up and and does more than what he did, yeah, the Suns win that game four, and now we're talking about a different series. They lose by six, and Chris Paul goes five of thirteen from the field, zero for four from the line. Like that just that's not Chris Paul. No, so that it just doesn't make sense. So I, I didn't think he get, I didn't think he get got enough players involved. Like, there were moments that where is I, his game as a yeah. distributor, and yeah, he and did. there were moments I'm like, is Chris Paul even? Oh, he is right there, and like in the corner, like right. With, I know Devin Booker, he had a lot of ball handling duty duties, mm-hmm. but he's not the point guard. Chris no. Paul should have taken more control of this entire series. He did not. And it, it it let Phoenix down. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you... I mean, Giannis deservedly gets the finals MVP. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not going to debate that. However, I think, you know, we're going to be talking about hockey a little bit later here. The Conn Smythe in hockey is the playoff MVP. Right. Do you think Giannis is the playoff MVP for the Bucks? Because I don't. You think it's Middleton? I think it's Middleton. Middleton meant more to them against the Nets. Sure. Well, even in this series, like down the stretch, Middleton hit a lot of big shots. Big shots. Yeah, and I've said it. Giannis is the most dominating player. He's Shaq. Middleton's Kobe. Middleton's Kobe. And I, the more I think about it, and and as I watched the series, because you mentioned it before, mm-hmm. I, I was like, CJ is so right. Yeah. So right. Yeah, it's... it's, it's yeah, I mean, Giannis will destroy anybody now if i'm starting a franchise do i want the most dominating player in the nba or do i want the most skilled player in the nba i'll take the most dominating player i'll take Shaq over kobe in that regard but if i got both who's more important as far as you know when you got both it's probably the skilled player probably just throwing it out there yeah i mean when middleton did not shoot the ball well the Bucks lost. Mm-hmm. Or it was way too close for comfort. Right. I mean, Giannis showed up. He was great. Mm-hmm. But you'll let one player just go dominate, do your thing. Right. 
but we're going to stop this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, they couldn't do it. Right. And that's, you know, that's the reason why. So congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's see if you can repeat. I don't know if you can. Everybody was talking at the beginning of the season that the Bucks lost too much to to be a serious contender. I truly think, you know, and I'm going to sound homerish here, the Hawks beating the Sixers is what let the Bucks get to the finals. But, you know, put up or shut up, they put up yeah. and and they made it happen. So congratulations to the Bucks. Way to win it, Ike. Thanks for proving us wrong and being right. Kind of crazy, but, you know, it is what it is. All right, so after this, we're going to the NBA draft, which is tomorrow night. Going to discuss what teams should do right after this. Welcome back. We're getting into NBA draft now. So the season's over. We're talking the draft. It's tomorrow night, Thursday, July 29th, 2021 is the draft. Parker, you have all the rundown. You know what's happening. You got all the picks decided. Who's going where, at least for the first 10 picks. All right. So number one overall pick. I know there's a little bit of debate. It should discussion. be It should be Kate Cunningham. It very well should be. Should be. Oklahoma State guard. He should be the number one, number one overall pick. But we know what the top three is. Top three, it's going to be Cunningham, and then you can swap between. Uh, G- he played in the G League this past year, guard Jalen Green, mm-hmm. and then USC forward slash center Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the top three. Correct. And if if Cade Cunningham doesn't go number one to the Pistons, and it could be, I think it's going to be Mobley if it's not Cunningham. Right. I don't think Jalen Green ends up with the number one. To I, be fair, I agree with that. But if Mobley ends up being the pick for Detroit, then Cunningham's going two and, and Green's going three. I will say, I think even though those are the kind of consensus top three, mm-hmm. don't sneak, like, don't be like shocked if guard Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga gets in the top three. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't get in the top three, he's definitely at four for Toronto. Right. Like, that's, I think that's. Yeah, there's no doubt there. No doubt there. For sure. Some other notable names that will make up the top 10 to 15 picks. You got power forward Jonathan Kaminga, mm-hmm. who played in the G League this past year. Correct. Florida State forward Scotty Barnes. Baylor point guard Davian Mitchell. Yep. And he's been picking the brain of uh, Mr. Mitchell in the NBA right now. That makes sense. So, you know, Mitchell, Mitchell helping Mitchell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> UConn guard James Bulk Knight? Bulk Knight. Bulk Knight, excuse Bulk me. Knight. Uh, Tennessee guard Keon Johnson. Michigan forward Franz Wagner. 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 He's from Wagner. Germany. He's from Germany. It's spelled like Wagner, but it's, but it's definitely pronounced Wagner. Exactly. Just like uh, other Michigan forward, Mo Wagner. And the very, very famous musician. Who's that? Wagner. Oh. <laughs> Just <laughs> Wagner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then, Don't ask me his first name. <laughs> he goes by Wagner. <laughs> and then Duke forward Jalen Johnson. He could go top 10, but likely will He's be in the teens. Be, yeah. So, I mean, the lottery itself looks like it could go a lot of different ways, just really depending on teams. But really, I mean, the big get here is Cade Cunningham. Yeah, I think And if, if you don't – so it's, it's super top-heavy, this draft – from everything I'm reading and yeah. everything I'm seeing with my eyes, it's super top heavy. And 
outside of the top three, there is a little drop, but it's not as big as what have drops been in the past. Right. As far as prospect, like this is a very, very loaded draft across the board. And I don't know if that's because we haven't been able to get as much tape on these kids. And I call them kids. Well, they are. Yeah, I mean, they are. But we've gotten to that age, TJ, where we can call them kids. I'm 32 years old. It's a sad day. Anyway, (laughs) so, but really, I mean, we don't have as much tape on these guys as we have in the past. Or it's just a super loaded talent pool. Right. It could be a little of both, too. COVID's kind of thrown a little uh, wrinkle into things in that regard. So really, I mean, this draft tomorrow night is going to be super, super cool. Check out the Twitter poll. Uh, The Sports GPS is the handle now. It's no longer Sports GPS RVA. It is now The Sports Sports GPS. GPS. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know if it's Cade, if it's Green, if it's Mobley, or if it's anybody else. Those are the four options that are going to be up on Twitter let us know what you think. Uh, who's going to be the number one overall? Pick? I know. Speaking of Kate Cunningham, like he's a he's six eight, but he's like a guard, right? So is he more like he's? I know like some comparisons. Jason Tatum, maybe Luca Don. I don't think he's. Luka. I don't think he's Luca. I don't think he has the offensive prowess of Luca, but I also think he's a better defender than Luca. Right. But like, I like the. I like the Tatum. His physical gifts are incredible. They're definitely incredible. He is going to be a great 3 and D. The only problem with Kate Cunningham is he is big, but Mm -hmm. he doesn't use that to his advantage. No, not yet. Not yet. So he needs to learn to do that. And if he's Jason Tatum, that's pretty that's pretty darn good. That's gonna be really good for Detroit. Yeah. I you know, I like what Detroit could be with Cunningham in their lineup. I do I think they're uh you know, instant favorite in the East? No. No. But do I think they're a fringe playoff team at that point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Compared I mean, to what they were this year, which was absolute dumpster fire. Hence why they're the number, the number one, one, pick. one overall pick. But, this is, I think, the first time in a couple years that the number one projected based on lottery numbers actually gets the number one pick. I yeah. want to say it's the first time in a couple I think years. So. So. Well, who's a lot? Like, has Detroit ever had a number one overall pick? I Blake know. Griffin? Was no, he, he, was one? Clip, he was a Clipper, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was Like, who they drafted number one. Yeah, no, I get you there. I get you. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, Stack Girl, look that up. <laughs> Stack Girl. Thanks, Stack Girl. But, I mean, Kate Cunningham, he's he's special. Like, he's a great passer. He is big, which is definitely going to help you in mm-hmm. the NBA. Correct. Obviously, improved shooting, but that's not yeah, something that can't be done. If he gets in the get gym. Get in the gym, man. Yep, he gets in the gym, works on it. You know, someone else who should get in the gym more work on it. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I, when, when you started mentioning the like needs to improve shooting, yeah. and you start, I was like, he's talking about Ben he's Simmons. He's talking about Ben Simmons. I mean, he might not be a sixer in two weeks. Yeah, he, he could be traded. But, yeah, I don't know. I'll take Buddy Heald. All right, anyway. <laughs> Rabbit hole, done. Yeah, we're done. We're going to wrap that up real quick. All right, but after this, we're going into the NHL expansion draft and what that means right after this. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We are talking NHL expansion draft. I know NHL is not a big topic on this podcast, but we need a... When something like this yeah. happens, we need to it's mention big it. news. It's absolutely big news. So you got a new team in Seattle, the Seattle Kraken. Kraken. 
They're it's, un- it's so cool. Their jerseys are awesome. Yeah, their jerseys are awesome. Really cool. The logo is phenomenal. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's it's really cool. I, I like what they did with that. So to set up like how the expansion draft goes, mm-hmm. must select one player from each of the existing NHL teams except Vegas because they just they just had an expansion three years ago. Right. And you must select 14 forwards, nine defensemen, and three goaltenders. Other four picks are up to the... Up to the team. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the same thing that happened with the Golden Knights three years ago. They you, nailed it. You got it. Yeah. I mean, they did really well. Now, I will say the Kraken did a, a little bit different than what uh, the Knights did and just how they went. But I think that also brings to our time in today's era that it's not as cash flush as what we see. We see right. other sports get a little less money out there. So, but there's other rules that need to happen. So, Seattle must choose a minimum of 20 players that are under contract for not this year, but like the, this upcoming season. Right, like right. they have to be under contract through there. Um, and then through that valuation of the draft, uh, all the salaries and things must fall between 60 and 100% of the previous season's upper limit of the salary cap. So, the salary cap of last year, they must hit at least 60% of that with all 30 players selected. Right. So, you know, and they can't buy out players chosen in the expansion draft earlier than the summer following its first season. So after the summer first season, they can't select a player and then buy them out and then use whatever. So they must keep those those players through that. Okay. okay now, if you if you didn't follow that... Sorry, it's a lot of jargon, but they must select 30 players. All 30 basically have to be on the team unless they're traded. Right. They can't buy them out of their salaries. And 20 of those players must be under regular season control. Um, and then existing clubs. So you can't just poach the best players from every club. Yeah. There's protection lists. And each team had two options on who they must protect. Parker, go over those options. You have seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or or eight skaters, one goalie. Right. So you can either protect ten players, they have to be seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or just eight total skaters between forwards and defensemen and a goalie. Right. So you can either protect 11 total or nine total. Most teams selected, I think all teams actually selected seven and three because you get to protect those extra two guys. Right. So, but I mean, if you have, you know, amazing defensemen and you want to, you know, tr- hold right. all your defensemen, then you do the opposite way. So Seattle, they had, they selected 12 defensemen, three goalies and 15 forwards. There was a lot of veteran goalies available that were not protected. Correct. They, they, they went young basically everywhere. And that's the difference between, but I would have gone carry price. Right. So the the three goalies that were unprotected that are kind of veteran stances at this point, uh, Matt Murray, formerly of the Penguins, and I can't remember who he's with right now, uh, Carey Price of the Canadiens that you mentioned, Parker, and then the last one was Jonathan Quick, the yeah. you know the USA goaltender right. of two years ago, three years ago now. So you know they they were all available and they didn't select them they also didn't select JVR of the Flyers and Jeff Skinner those were the two most notable uh skaters that they didn't select that were like super available and they thought for sure they would take them but who they did take is uh Jordan Eberly 
of the Islanders. They took both Fleury brothers of Anaheim and Montreal. So they took Fleury instead of goaltender Carey Price. And then they took Gordy from the Lightning, which yeah. was like, that was a slam dunk. They had to take him. There was right. no there was no <laughs> doubt on it. It was very obvious. They took a lot of young talent, and they, they're signing more people from free agency right now because they only went with 61% of the salary cap. So they met the requirement of 60. They 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 took 61% of the salary cap uh in the draft itself. So they they really have a lot of their salary cap available to make moves in free agency um to you know get get their entire team rounded out the way they wanted to because basically free agency halted until the expansion draft happened and then it was a free for all. Yeah, I know they just signed a uh, goalie Philip Grubauer to a 6-year deal. So I mean they they're not just standing pat with what they got in the expansion. Right. And I mean you can't really. No. You they can't. you have to you have to get after it. So they didn't take those veteran goaltenders like we thought they would or what Surely. you know they should have, but they went out and got a free agent goalie who they think is going to be their centerpiece. Uh they got the backup goaltender from the Capitals. I can't remember his name, Vintanen, I believe. So yeah. I mean, really they don't they they selected really well. They've got a lot of really young talent. I don't think Seattle's going to be good like Vegas was good no. right off the jump. No. But I think Seattle will be good in three years. They'll be very competitive. But I, they'll be competitive everywhere, right? right? They've got a lot of young. they got speed. they got a lot of young, good prospects that are going to learn at the NHL level. And they might struggle at the NHL level for the first couple of years, but that experience is going to be invaluable to them. Of course, and, the interesting thing with selecting the Caps uh, goaltender, he might go back to Washington. Like, they might make a trade to send him back since they got Grubauer, mm-hmm. who... Used to be a capital. Right, yeah. So you can, like I said, you can trade everybody. You just can't buy them out. So that's the rule there. You can trade them. You can do whatever you normally would do, but you can't buy them out and just send them to free agency. So to clarify that with Barker, yes, they they could very well trade them back and get picks or get cash or whatever they want to do and get other players that, you know, are possible. So, But really, what this did, this expansion draft, it took the NHL now – Five years removed from 30 teams up to 32. And the NFL was at 30-31, and then they went to 32. And, you know, what that that could bring to, you know, all the leagues and all the teams, we got to thinking. Major League Baseball. What would happen if baseball got up to 32 teams? I know they're thinking about expansion that's been in talks. Obviously, you can't just expand to one team because you're at 30 now mm-hmm. you can't go to 31 and well and that was the big debate when they were at 28 and they expanded to 30 with right. the diamondbacks and at the time it was the devil rays and now they're just the rays right so you know we got to thinking what would that what would that look like for baseball and mm-hmm. we got to thinking about that right after this welcome back listeners we have traveled to a far-off land, the far-off land of 2025. Major League Baseball has decided they're going to expand into 32 teams. Now, in this dream world, we're trying to figure out who gets those teams, what cities decide to win the bids, and Parker and I have decided on a couple. The first one's an easy one. The Montreal Expos come back from the dead. Much like the Cleveland Browns in the NFL, the Expos come back and resurrect themselves 
in the Great White North to create the Montreal Expos 2.0. Now the other team, you might ask, where does it go? Where fits? And we're thinking somewhere in the skillet of Mimel, if you can remember that. Tennessee, either Nashville or Memphis. Nashville would be called the Knights. Memphis would be called the Blues. But either way, one of those two cities in Tennessee get their dream of having a major league franchise. Now, what does this do for the divisions, you may ask? Parker, what happens? So, in the NL East, we're going Washington Nationals, Philadelphia Phillies, New York Mets, Atlanta Braves. Yeah, so each of these divisions are going to have four teams in both leagues. So just wanted to caveat that before you're like, but Parker, isn't there five teams in the NL East right now? Not in this scenario. Not not in the year 2025. (laughs) In the NL South, we're going Miami Marlins, St. Louis Cardinals, Arizona Diamondbacks, and the expansion team, whether it's in Nashville or Memphis. Heading to the NL North, Cincinnati Reds, Pittsburgh Pirates, Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago Cubs. And out West, you're going Dodgers. San Diego Padres, San Francisco Giants, Colorado Rockies. Yeah, really a lot of the core of each divisions in the National League stay. Uh, the East is basically the, the exact same except for the Marlins get shifted. Right. Uh, the North is basically the same except the Cardinals get shifted. The West is the exact same except the Diamondbacks get shifted. And then the expansion team goes into the South. So the South would be a brand new division and every other division would get shifted to their, you know, by one. They lose that right. one. So, all right, let's go out to the American League. And what are those divisions now? AL East, New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, Baltimore Orioles, Toronto Blue Jays, AL North, Chicago White Sox, the expansion team, Montreal Expos, Detroit Tigers, and the Cleveland Guardians. Yes, as they have changed their name, we'll discuss more about that in next episode, about how the Cleveland Indians will now be called the Guardians after the season. Correct. AL West, Los Angeles Angels, Seattle Mariners, Oakland A's, Minnesota Twins, and the AL South, Kansas City Royals, Tampa Bay Rays, Houston Astros, Texas Rangers. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not as clean of breaks in the AL. Yeah. Uh, the AL East is the only one that stays exactly the same bar the loss of the Rays who go to the South and join the Royals out of the Central and then the Astros and the Rangers from the West. Uh, the West would be the Angels, the Mariners, and the A stay the same. The Central shifts over to the West and the Minnesota Twins. And then basically the rest of the Central in the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Guardians would join up with the expansion team and create. I mean, you get all the really good rivalries staying together, staying pat with the White Sox, Tigers, and Guardians, Indians, you know, whatever. That that rivalry stays. Both Texas teams. Both Texas teams. Yankees, Red Sox. You have to keep the East as what it is now we debated whether you keep the rays in the east but then there's too many teams in the north right so that created a little conflict the west do you do you keep the astros in there with the angels and the mariners but it made too much sense to keep both texas teams together right. i mean really the only thing 
it would be awesome if the Montreal and Toronto team were in the same division. Correct. But that just didn't work. It just out didn't that work way. geographically. Right. Because you can't keep the Orioles and the Yankees and the Red Sox together. Right. If you do that. So you'd have to shift elsewhere. So it, it, it made more sense to do it this way to get it. Not only do I like the expansion, I like four team divisions, four divisions. Correct. I love that. And what it also creates is a new dynamic come playoff time. Yeah. So, you know, the other the other half of this equation is what happens to come playoff time. Now, the other team that has four divisions, four teams, or sorry, the other league that has four divisions, four teams in each division is the NFL. Right. And what they do is they have wild card teams. Well, cool. We can we can yeah, do we that. Can do that. Right. So you have the two wild cards, and then you have the two buys. Well, how does that work in baseball? One game playing doesn't really no. work as well. I know they've done it with the wild card teams, but sure. to put a division team, that's in a, unfair. It's it's really unfair. Like winning the division, you should have an advantage. You should have an advantage. So Parker and I dreamed this up. You do the same thing you have now with the four teams. The four division winners go. The bottom two division winners. Play a three-game play-in versus the two wild-card teams that, you know, come in via the wild-card standing, as it is now. Each of the division winners, so the the upper division winner would play the lower wild-card team. The lowest division winner would play the upper wild-card team. The division winner would host all three games. They would get home field advantage for all three games. So I love that. the importance of winning your division. Now, people would say, oh, but division winner could be, you know, the Mets this year, right? Right. Versus, you know, the Padres. Is it fair? The Padres had a better record. Yeah, but you didn't win your division. Yeah. Sorry. You know, it it it, st- it puts more emphasis on winning your division back like old times. Where you had to win your division, you had to win your pennant to get in. And so we're I mean, making it that way. The way it used to be back in the day, you didn't have division rounds. Right, yeah. It was two best teams in each league Yep. face each other and then World Series. Yep, that was it. That was it. Yep, you had to win You had to win the pennant. So we're, we're, we're giving you more playoff games. And I love, I love the idea of a three-game series. Yep. And you just play them back to back to back. Yep, absolutely. We don't need days off. No days off in between, and it essentially gives another all-star break gap for the two upper division winners. And, you know, everybody says, oh, you can come out a little sluggish after the all-star. Yeah, but but it's not that bad. It's four four days. So, you know, the all-star break, as we know it, is Sunday is the last game. You got Monday off, Tuesday off, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you come back Friday. It'd be the same thing here for any of the top two divisions. You know, the, the season ends on a Sunday. You start the next, the best of three sets on Tuesday. So that way you can get your travel plans all set. So it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then first game of the next series Friday. is on Friday. And you have the last game scheduled at like a 105. I know that stinks for playoffs as far as that's concerned, but I mean, you do it for March Madness. You right. you take days off if you really care that much. Right. So you can do it for you know the playing games if you need to, or and you make it a four or five game. So yeah, you just have to take off after lunch on the West Coast. Yeah. But it 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 makes it it makes it interesting. Gives advantage to the two top division teams, and you get an advantage as the other two division winners because you get all three of those games at home. But if you win. 
the first two games like you should, being a division winner, right. then you move you, on. You move on and, and you get the day off. You get that Thursday off as you as you should get. Right. So I really like it. I love it. Rob Manfred, I hope you're listening. Mm-hmm. Hire us. Yeah, the only thing that um somebody might say, Oh, what about the the day you know, like if if you have a tie, right? Right. So then the only thing there is okay, you play that Monday. Yeah. You have the Monday off. You have the Monday so off. So that's for tiebreaker. Tiebreaker on Monday. And you go if you if you win, you go right into it. Yeah. You shouldn't have an advantage. Yeah. Because you, you couldn't do it in hundred and sixty two. Yeah, you need an extra. So yeah. So. I think it's perfect. I do too. Year twenty twenty five, please come sooner rather than later. <laughs> because I think this is great. Now, I mean, we we look at both Nashville and Memphis, both Howells AAA teams at the current time. Nashville has the sounds. I can't remember what the Memphis are. Um and, and Montreal doesn't have they don't have a, a tri- uh, triple A team, but they had a major league team in the past. Right. So we know the fan base is there. We know it's possible to support that team. Yeah. So make it happen. And we're we're gonna put a Twitter poll up. Mm-hmm. Give us your team name for Nashville. Right. It, it, is the Knights good or is it something else? I think it's Nashville Knights. I think I think as well. I think the Memphis Blues would also but be I good. I think that's great too. So it really depends on which city would win. Mm-hmm. Win. But the, give us your bid. best. Give us your best between Nashville or Memphis. Which which is your best name that you like? Yeah, it could be it could be ours. Do you like the Knights? Do you like the Blues? Do or you something else? You have something else. Put it up on Twitter. The Sports GPS. But I think that's going to wrap it up for episode four for all of us here at the Sports GPS. Parker White. CJ Holly. thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.